everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be talking about the Harry Potter Forbidden Forest experience. Yeah, this is a little bit of a departure from our typical show where we talk about theme park stuff. Um, this is not a theme park. It is more of like an immersive experience. So, um, but it, it still kind of falls well within, I think, the um, the whole like, theme park property vibe so it's we figured theme park it was, adjacent yes theme, right exactly because it's it feels kind of like universal a little bit um what are you excited about this week before we begin mm, what am i excited about this week i'm excited that it is thanksgiving and we get to eat a bunch of thanksgiving food and spend time with family um and we are party planning for our daughter's first birthday. So I'm super excited about that. I love planning things. So those are like the two big things this week that I'm really excited about. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I am. Thanksgiving's fine. It's not my favorite holiday. So I'm not going to waste my excited about on that. But I think because we're not really talking about a theme park today, I'm going to say what I'm excited about from a theme park perspective. And that is that uh, I think it was on Friday. The Mandalorian and Grogu made their appearance in Disneyland in Galaxy's Edge, which is really cool. Um, Galaxy's Edge is, um, I should say Disneyland is actually a lot more like, um, they're a lot more, I feel like they have a lot more characters that are just kind of like randomly there. Obviously, Avengers Camp, Avengers Campus is a, is a big part of that. But even with, um, even with Galaxy's Edge, they introduced like Finnick Shand and they introduced Boba Fett and they've had like all kinds of characters from Star Wars properties and shows that you typically wouldn't see in like Walt Disney World. So while I, I, I'm probably not going to end up seeing Mando and Grogu, I still think it's really cool that they're there. Um, and I love the direction they're going, bringing in like in-universe properties, even though they don't fit in like with the quote timeline of Galaxy's Edge and when it exists. It's still very cool that they're bringing in characters there. So I'm excited about that because to me it gives a good direction of you know where Disney's going with like more interactive experiences and the baby like the little baby Grogu was was um, it was expressive and it was an animatronic and it was so cute so and people are gonna go crazy for that thing yeah I don't know how long it's gonna be there I know um, I saw some people like posted about it and and were <clears throat> from what I saw it looked incredible I mean I, I so wish I could have seen it but yeah I think I just again it's like. That's a direction that I think is very, very cool that Disney's going toward in California. I just wish that they would do a little bit more of that in um, in, uh, in Walt Disney World. So, But that's a different conversation. It has nothing to do with the Harry Potter Forbidden Forest experience that we're going to be talking about. Right, but it is what you were excited about. So. Yeah, totally. Um, so this experience was, it looks to me like there's about four of them in the world. There's one in Belgium, one in the UK, and then two in the United States for this uh, Forbidden Forest experience. And um, we went to the one in Virginia, which is uh, approximately, you know, closer to where we live. Um, and we're actually really lucky because the two in the U.S. are on the on the East Coast. So there's one in Virginia, kind of like Central East Coast, and then one up in New York, which is obviously farther up north. Um, so we, I feel like we're pretty lucky that we were within a couple hours distance of, of being able to go there. And um, this is something that we booked for Paige's birthday. It was, which is today, by the way, and um, it was really, really cool. Uh, I guess you can kind of jump into it because this was your, this was like really your thing. It was. So I kept getting sponsored ads for this 
Um, these are the kinds of events and things that I typically look for for us to do in in the fall and in the winter. I try to find things that are Christmassy or um, often we've ended up doing Harry Potter type experiences because you tend to think about those movies in the winter with all of the snowy scenes. Um, and so a lot of those experiences tend to happen around my birthday. So I kept getting sponsored ads for this and I'm like, okay, what in the world is this? So to give you just like the overview of what the experience was, and then we'll kind of talk about some of the things that we got to do and see and that we loved. Um, it is an outdoor experience and it's a wooded trail through the middle of the forest that they have set up. Um, different creatures from both the Harry Potter films and the Fantastic Beasts films. So it's completely immersive into the Harry Potter universe. Um, it is. It happens at night, so it's completely dark when you're walking through the forest. And they've set this up in such a fantastic way that it feels like you're actually adventuring through the Forbidden Forest. Um, so you see Hagrid and some of his creatures. You go through and you see a lot of Newt Scamander's little buddies. Um, and then there's a lot of immersive aspects as well, where there's chances to have a wand and have a wand duel. There's a chance. There's a chance to enjoy food and drinks in the little village before you start, and then in the village at the halfway point. Um, and then you also get to kind of have this immersive experience with Aragog and the spiders and seeing the flying car. So. Everything from finding your Patronus to um, feeling like you're smack dab in the middle of, I would say the majority of it kind of centers around the first three or four films. Um, yeah, I guess Seeing so. yeah. Aragog and the flying car and then the Dementors and Harry uh, with his Patronus and the Dementor scene. So that's not a spoiler because these movies have been out for like 20 years. <laughs> Right. Um, of course. Yeah, yeah I, I would say it's just this completely immersive experience where you get to feel like you're plopped smack dab in the middle of the Harry Potter universe and experiencing all of the creatures in the Forbidden Forest. Yeah, it was um, it was cool. I I uh, I didn't really know what to expect for it because I I went in kind of blind um, for a couple of reasons, but mostly just because I didn't really want to look. In, I just didn't really want to look into it as much. Um but I, I really liked it. It was cool. Um, it was really, really, really cold, though. Like it was, um, it was in like the low 30s. So we were, even though we kind of bundled up a little bit, I still felt like I had more work to have done on myself because yeah. my ears were cold. But um, yeah, it was, it was cool. One of the things that I found kind of compelling about it was that um, the, it felt like so. It's like 60 minutes to 90 minutes is sort of the experience length, just depending on your pace um and so we i think we took like we took about the full 90 minutes probably yeah it was close to 90 minutes and we it would have been faster but we stopped at the village in the middle for mm -hmm. probably 20 minutes and we also so. stood in lines for you to like cast spells and mm -hmm. we did like a wand battle and stuff like that it was pretty cool i mean none of it was like from from my perspective none of it was as cool as what you would see in universal sure the animatronics were some of uh, most of them actually weren't even animatronics they were just like plain old statues mm -hmm. um the only one was the you are, have to help me out here the the bird that would be buckbeak the buckbeak he like you could like bow and then he would he or she it's buckbeak a boy 
I'm fairly girl. certain. Anyway, that they would uh, <laughs> they would like bow to you, and you would bow to them. That was pretty cool. Um, they had some wands that you could borrow and like do certain things with, where you could like cast Patrona spells. And I'm gonna fumble so many things here, so just son of a gun, Buckbeak's a boy. Yeah. Okay. So um, you could like cast Patron Patrona spells, and um, you're doing great. Paige got a badger, which was very funny. That was so lame. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, it was cool. And so I guess, like I said, like the, I don't feel like the animatronics were that impressive. But what I liked about it was I thought the lights were very, very cool. Um, like Paige said, it wasn't the dark, but none of it really felt very dark because it was, um, I mean, there was like, everything was lit up. There was lights that were changing color and doing cool things. Um, it was just very, um, it was just a really, it was a really cool immersive experience, I felt. And there were certain parts of it that really felt like you were like in the Harry Potter films, like very um, much in a for- forbidden forest. You know? You're right. Yes. Yeah. Um, one thing I just looked up what it means to have a Patronus that is a badger. And evidently, this is not as lame as I thought. It means you are connected to the earth and it's often associated with determination and persistence, which does actually fit with me. Um, it means you're strengthened by hard work. You find you're at your strongest whenever you invest yourself in a project and see it through until the end. So I am not a Hufflepuff, which is kind of why I saw the Badger and was like, are you kidding me? Right. I am definitely in Gryffindor, but I will take this Badger Patronus and wear it with a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I didn't do the Patronus because the line was kind of long and I, I took pictures of you doing it instead. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of things that like, what were, what were some of the things that really, really stood out to you in it that were like really cool? So I would say some of the highlights for me were as you're walking through the forest, there's not something every single point in the forest because a lot of it, you are really just walking through the forest going from from a hippogriff to Hedwig to the Nifflers. Like you're going from point to point. But in between those, there were a lot of sounds coming from the forest right. and everything right. was lit up. I don't know how long it took them to set this up. But oh, it the had sounds, to have taken forever. I, I would expect that it took them like months to do this. That's what I'm envisioning in my head. Or they had thousands of employees helping and do I, this. And I don't know what the overhead cost was because... It was lined with like so there was there was probably thousands and thousands and thousands of lights, mm-hmm. um, but also the entire walkway was uh, lined with Bose speakers. Right. So like I, I saw the speaker, I looked at it to see what what kind it was, and it was literally like a nice Bose speaker. I'm I like, know. oh wow. So there was probably a couple of hundred speakers, maybe more. It had to have been more because like it had to have been more. If I lined our yard with speakers, I'd probably need like at least twenty five or thirty. Right. Maybe probably more. Probably more than that. Maybe like fifty. So this yeah. was like. I mean, it was crazy. Right. Um, I can't imagine how much it cost to put this thing together. I know. So in between each um, sort of mini experience there, you would start with seeing Hagrid. And then leaving Hagrid, you're headed towards Buckbeak. And so there's sort of all these sounds and there's these little signs saying, you know, hold on to your valuables. There's been nifflers in this area. And you hear these little crumbling sounds in the forest coming from the speakers and then you get to Buckbeak and you're on your way to Hedwig and then you sort of hear these owl sounds in the speakers between Buckbeak and Hedwig and all these flapping of wings. There's little owls kind of posted out throughout the forest. Um, Then you 
are getting closer towards like where Aragog is, towards the village piece. Like, toward the end, right? Towards the cent- the middle, because that was right after the yeah. village. Oh, okay, yeah. And when you are getting closer to that point, then you have all of the um, Horcruxes posted up on the trees, and all you're hearing is parcel tongue. Right. In- right. So those were some of the things for me that like the different sounds throughout different parts mm-hmm. of it, it made you feel like, oh, wait, wait, what am I hearing? And you heard people saying, like, oh, what is that? Is that Hermione casting I was going to say, someone's like, that's Hermione whispering. And I'm like, I don't even really know Harry Potter super well. And I know that's not Hermione whispering secrets. Right. Dummy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just all of the different pieces. It was not all just from Fantastic Beasts. It wasn't all just Hagrid. It was from all these different sort of perspectives within the Harry Potter franchise. Um, it wasn't just the good guys. It was also the bad yeah, guys. Yeah, they had a whole werewolf section that was kind of interesting. Oh, where that was just cool. like uh you didn't really see, all you saw was their glowing eyes and then as you got a good look at them they were like card they were like wooden cutouts of the shapes of where they were like werewolf shaped werewolves. Right. So it made um, sort of a shadowy figure off in the woods. Yeah. Title. And um th- that was pretty cool. Um I, I did like the part with the with the snifflers where they had like snifflers. their little nests full of jewels and crowns and stuff like that. They were really cute. I mean, they were like little, almost like like die cast kind of hard cut, shape like models of what the nifflers look like. Yeah, they were sort of like um, plasticky figurines. And there versions. wasn't like a lot of movement or action going on with them. One of them was kind of pulling on a like a like a necklace, which was kind of interesting. But they were it was cool. I, I thought that I, one thing I felt. One thing I liked about it was that it did keep you moving and engaged. So it was probably about about two every two tenths of a mile there was something to see. Does that feel right? I would say that's fair. One yeah. to two tenths of a mile there was something to look at or something yeah. new to see. So you weren't really going that far until like you saw the next thing. Um, I wish they would have done more of this, frankly, but they did have a couple of sections where they utilized screens. Yes. And at one part they had a unicorn. That looked very good. It um, looked pretty realistic. It looked I would very, say. very good because it was all the way back behind trees, and you could see the unicorn kind of pacing back and forth, mm-hmm. and and it was um, going. Like, there was sort of that layering of the trees in front of it, and you could see it going behind them and stuff. That was really good, mm-hmm. and I think that that was probably the most of that. And the car in the woods that turned on its lights at you when you walked by those yes. were those were the two most effective special effects that they had there. Yeah, when the so the flying car was way off in the distance of the woods because, you know, the car goes hiding in the woods after they run into the Whomping Willow and it kind of runs off into the Forbidden Forest when the boys crash. And so the the car was out in the forest and you would see the two lights kind of peeking out in the distance, like the car pops out to see you and then it pulls back into the forest and then about a half a mile or a quarter mile down the way, then you end up seeing... um the car there, the actual full car, um, sort of in the remnants of the Whomping Willow. And so you get to kind of experience that little piece of it too. I thought that was really neat because the car, I mean, it was an actual car. Mm-hmm. It wasn't It wasn't a special effect. Yeah, it this seemed like it was the real thing. And then they had the, did you say they also had the car that you could go take pictures with and stuff? Yeah, that's what it? I was talking okay. about. Yeah, because... I don't know if the one that was in the woods, though, was a real car or not, or if that was just No, there. I think that was probably just lights on mm. sort of a an animated thing that pops out, yeah. maybe on a track or something, and then pulls back It was in. pretty cool. Yeah, that was nice. Um, Aragog is the spider. Yes, good yeah. job. 
So that was toward the end, um, kind of one of the first-ish things, well, midway through like the, the intermission space and then the very end of it. Um, I also thought the effects were very... Um, the, the effects there were very compelling too because I guess some people are, are afraid of spiders and so they had this entire spotlight um, walled off kind of where you had to go into the... It was, it was kind of like you had to go into the nest or something. Yeah, they were calling then, it Aragog's Lair and so you could either go into Aragog's Lair and do this spider experience or you could bypass, bypass it. it. Right. Well, and, and before I say anything about that, you could actually bypass anything you wanted. So you weren't... You didn't have to like stand in a line to cast a spell or to do certain things like you could just bypass anything you wanted if you didn't want to wait. Um the 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 spider house was cool because um it was like this very miniaturized like 45 second production of music changing, lights changing and then him kind of coming out of his little 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 hut and then a bunch of spiders came down from the ceiling at you. Uh, not from the ceiling, but just from the sky. They had like this big kind of um, metal framing and then a bunch of spiders were hooked up to the top of it and they came down sort of like on oh, it's tough to be a bug um, kind of like that sort of technology and then once you thought they were done they came down again really close to you where you could almost reach up and touch them which was pretty cool um, I thought that that was a pretty also a very effective special effect that they did that I thought neat. so too and our daughter does not really get scared easily by stuff like this but once the spiders came down and then the second time they came down, when they yeah. came down closer, she did kind of grab onto me really tight and lean in because I think it did make her a little nervous. Well, that was unexpected. Yeah, yeah. I, which is, makes it more realistic mm -hmm. and cool. I thought it was right. really neat um, for people to to be able to see and feel like they actually were in Aragog's lair. Yeah, um, I think that one of the things that I was a little bit disappointed by, and this, there's only so much that you can do, so I, I'm not going to harp on it but they had like these ultra view invisible screens um that were suspended between the trees and that's what they did to use for you to like cast the spells on and then the patrol patrol uh, petroleum uh sort of spins around and does what he's gonna do and then they had it also for the ending spoilers where they had like this little um presentation of 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 Dem demogorgons Definitely uh, the right universe. Wait, what am I thinking? Not Death Eaters. Um, Dementors. There you go. And uh, they were flying around, and then Harry Potter in elk form um, came out, and he, like, shined and, 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 and was luminescent. And then, whatever. It doesn't matter what happened. A plus. But they had two of those, like, transparent, invisible uh, projection screens that were suspended between like trees and stuff like that. And they were, it was very obvious that there were screens there. Mm -hmm. Obviously there's only so much that you can do, but right. I was, I, I do, I do kind of wish that they would have been a little bit more intentional about hiding those. Um, because it sort of took away from the illusion. Um, cause everything else was really good. Like, during the beginning and the end, they helped me out. They did the light thing where you like steal light with the deluminator. Yeah. Where they did that. And, um, that was very effective. Really, really cool. I really liked how they, like, almost everything was very, very good. I just, the only thing that I thought was, could have been better was that I was taken out of the experience a little bit yeah, with, with the, the screens. screens. Yeah, and there were screens, too, with the centaurs. Um, yeah, that was kind of rough, too. And there huh? was another screen. What was the other one? Well, I so it was the unicorn, the centaurs, the, the Patronus, Patronus, and then the end scene thing with the- And then the, the final scene, yeah. With the Dementors. Yes, yes, you're right. I was trying to think if there was another one, but that was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I thought overall most of the effects were really great. The centaurs, I think, because we were so close to that screen, 
it made it um, more visible, and so it kind of took you out of the experience there. But I imagine for kids, that was probably really cool to see the centaurs. Um, another really neat thing was at the beginning of the experience and then the village in the middle, they not only had food and drinks, but it was immersive food and drinks. So they had butterbeer, they had chocolate frogs, they had um, fish and chips, they had Earl Grey tea, um, they had hot cocoa. They little had desserts and yeah, little pastries. Kind of, I think and they dessert. had fish and chips at some of them. I don't know if that yes, was I at just ours. Had fish and chips. I'm so sorry. A plus for listening and A plus for retelling Harry Potter with all the wrong. To be honest words. with you, I was reading something and that was that was bad on me. I was reading something about a creature that I wanted to mention, and I got very compelled into the story. So yes. fish and chips, carry on. I'm sorry. Yes, that was well, on me. That's okay. That was all. I was just. I thought it was really neat. They oh. Another really cool thing they had was a massive fire pit, and you could buy an entire skewer of marshmallows. I don't even know how many marshmallows were on it. It was like 10 jumbo marshmallows. You buy the skewer, and you roast your marshmallows yourself over the fire, and then voila, you get to walk around with a whole skewer of marshmallows, like jumbo ones with chocolate sauce and everything mm-hmm. on them. That was really cool. It was really neat. That was really Um. Yeah, I liked those areas where you can kind of wander around and see stuff. Um, it did feel, it was very in-universe, which was cool. Um, they did sell some merchandise, like scarves and hats and things like that. Some some light-up things that were really annoying on the trail. Like they had a pair of like cotton gloves with light with like shiny lights on the fingertips. So some kids had them when they were running around, throwing their hands every which way, and that was very distracting. Um, but... It was nice. It was it was really nice. Um, I think that. Think that. What was? Do you have like a, a part that really stood out to you the most? Out of anything that happened, because I feel like for me it was the, um, the the um, the kissing gazebo. Oh, that was cute. What was that called? The. What was it called? Yeah, what's that called? Did I get it right on the first try? The kissing gazebo. Sure, we'll call it the kissing. What, gazebo. what is it really called, though? I don't know what the name of it is called, but it's the scene where Harry and Cho Chang kiss. Okay, <clears throat> so they had that all set up, and like people could go in and smooch, get their photo taken. But we got right, a smoochy photo with our. We were both kissing our daughter. It was yeah, it was cute. Um, but then after that, you could walk up, continue walking up toward directly toward the little halfway point and it was lined with these luminescent mushrooms that um were on each side of the pathway and there was hundreds of them and they all kind of like they sort of like changed colors and and interacted with the music and the sound effects going on around you um i thought that part was very neat and i think that was one of the more interesting aspects of the after the visuals to me yeah i thought that was really cute and then the end once you watch the final scene um, with the Dementors, and then you kind of progress onto the trail, leaving the forest to go down into the gift shop, which I think they called, did they call that the Emporium? I was making sure I wasn't, like, just Disney-fying no, it. No, 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 you're not, uh, yeah, you're not, you're not confused. They um, stole it. Yeah, so when you were walking towards the end, leaving the forest, they also had a bunch of the creatures. They had the pixies mm-hmm. from, um, from the scene in the movies. And then they had more of those little. What are the little green guys that uh, Newt wears like, on his shoulder? Tree, the little like tree tree guys. Yeah, the tree little boys. tree buddies. I forget his name. I'm not as immersed in the Fantastic uh-huh. Beasts um, movies as I am with the Harry Potter films. 
but it was a bunch of those little green guys. And then they had a little um, sort of fundraising thing for like planting trees. Bow Truckle is his name? A Bow Truckle? Yeah. A Bow Truckle? I don't know. That sounds familiar. Bow Truckle, yeah. Right. He's his trusty pocket dwelling picket. A picket? Yeah. That's what Bow Truckles are. are small twig like creatures that dwell in trees and eat insects. Cute. Before you get into anything else, what distracted me with the whole fish and chips fiasco was the pygmy puffs. And I. Yes. So. What you were calling hedgehog trolls. Yeah, they look like hedgehog trolls, but. Um, what, what was weird was that they were everywhere, like, like everywhere. Like randomly throughout the experience. Well, no, at the end, I mean, at the end of it, it was just like, they were, they were, they were just everywhere. There was like one little thing of the pixies, one little thing of the pickets or, or picket and his friends. Um, but then, so I looked up the lore of these guys on Harry Potter fandom and Oh, okay, this is crazy. Okay, this I'm just gonna read this. This is nuts. A pygmy puff um, is a miniature uh, puff skein, and they were bred by. F- it sounds to me like they were like weirdly crossbred by Fred and George Weasley, and they were sold at their little um, their little Weezes store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So okay, so it says it was one of the most popular products. As George said, they were having trouble breeding them fast enough for the demand. So it really sounds to me like they've got some kind of like a weird kind of um, situation. It sounds like it, it just it sounds like a puppy mill to me is what they've got going on over there. Um, but then so the history of it, um, it's, just, it's just so weird. But what's what's really weird about it is that I guess in the history of it all, like Ginny made a joke that Ron had a tattoo of a pygmy puff Um I don't know if you remember any of this from the books or if you if this rings true to you at all. Um, but the thing that was crazy to me was that Luna Lovegood believed that all pygmy puffs sang on Boxing Day. So there's like this whole weird lore and narrative behind them. But um, and I've seen these little things sold in stores, like they have a picture of the plush on this page here, um, and it's it's just it's just weird. I didn't know that these were such a big deal. Um, and that they were so beloved in the films and in the books and stuff. But they have over a dozen appearances in different areas, including video games, the films, um, Legos, uh, the Creature Vault. Uh, I just I had no idea that it was such a big deal. These these little pygmy puffs. I'm trying to remember when they come to be. Because like I told you when we were going through, I remembered like associating it with Luna. Yeah. Well, okay. So you can see on one of the scenes that oh, Ginny on has one on her shoulder. Yeah. When they're on the train. Yeah. And they have like these really weird cat-like faces. Um, but to me, it seems like that's the only, the only instance where you see it according to like screenshots and stuff like that. And then at another scene in the Half-Blood Prince, they're up in cages so, like, when they're in the shop, you can see the little guys up in little, like, cages in the back when Hermione and Ginny are looking at these, like, purple flowers. So, I don't really know what the deal is with them, but it's just strange to me that they were so heavily pronounced, and yet they're such a background character. Um, oof, show art. I'm going to put this picture in notes. This is great. There's a great picture I just found of Ginny looking horrified and a pygmy 
plush doll with the same expression on its face. <laughs> I'm going to throw that in show notes. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I am rereading the Harry Potter books right now because it's probably been almost 20 years since I've read them. Um, so I'm currently on the Goblet of Fire and have not gotten to the Pygmy Puffs yet. So when I get there, um, that'll be a good reminder mm-hmm. for me. But that was very cute. They had... There were a lot of cute little creatures, um, and I recognized most all of them. It was the pygmy puffs, and then there was like some exploding one that we didn't. Yeah, recognize. I didn't know what that was, but it was. I texted you a picture of of that, by the way. Isn't that isn't that wild? That is wild. Um, yeah, their faces are very similar. It's funny. Um, yeah, I don't know what the exploding ones were, but um, that was kind of the biggest thing that I I was thinking regarding the trail itself. Um. um uh, the Emporium was pretty lame. Yeah, it was mediocre. The, yeah, the um, the merchandise was just okay, I felt. I thought there was nothing there. So the only things that were there that were special to the event were shirts, sweatshirts, hats, scarves that had uh, Harry Potter Forbidden Forest experience written on them. But all the other stuff you can get at Universal, you can get at any Harry Potter store. Yeah, like they sold wands, which was fine. They had the wands in the authentic boxes. They had the robes, which I actually wore my robes that Steven bought me a few years ago. Um, So I had my actual authentic robes on. um, And they sold them in kid sizes and in adult sizes. And then they sold merch from each of the houses. So you could get a backpack or... Um, like a patch like specialized or, shirts they right, said or shirts you know. from those houses yeah. but it was nothing the strangest thing to me special. was that the plush dolls that they sold they had two plushes one was niffler and then the other or it was the niffler guy and then the other one was a was a really really terrible pixie yeah so it was very weird to me that like i don't know the selection of stuff they had was very weird and they had like these for like i think 10 15 dollars they had these little cardboard pencil holders that you could just put your pencils in like these little boxes and they were themed like the houses it was it was just weird like the stuff in there was kind of underwhelming and weird um and then they had this whole section with like patches where you could buy sew on patches i don't know if that's popular right now to sew patches on but i mean it was it was just weird the the choices sort of random the merchandise choices were kind of strange but you know i mean Right, but I we didn't buy anything anyway. Yeah. So it overall, the experience I thought was really great. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I mentioned earlier that I wanted to give a little bit more information about was the sort of charity that they were partnered with, and that was they were doing Give a Tree, Grow a Forest. So you could donate a dollar, and that buys a tree within one tree planted's project. Um, so because this was like a forest experience and it was actually in a forest, they were trying to partner with um this nonprofit i'm assuming helping to continue to grow forests and um help the earth yeah that was that was pretty cool um i will say this whole thing made me want to go back to uh the wizarding world and universal cuz we haven't been in a while 2018 was the last time we went and it kind of got me jones into uh, to go back i felt like i know i i could spend I mean, when we do go to Universal, I could spend the entire time within the Wizarding mm-hmm. World. Um, so I would like to go back to the one in Florida because the last time we went, we went to the one in California. 
mm-hmm. which was is like half of the, the Holly one world, was basically. great, but it's um it's basically uh Hogsmeade. It's just Hogsmeade. It's just Hogsmeade. So right. you don't really get the other. Exp- it's the same thing as what you see in an Island of Adventure, but it's not. Uh, you don't have the luxury of going to see um, Diagon Alley. Good job. Thank you. This is like using all my brain power to remember all these names. <laughs> That's um, how I feel when you talk about Star Wars. Yeah, right. But yeah, it did have me Jones in to go back there, um, especially because I didn't get to show off my cool um, Roosevelt's wand shirt that I bought just for this occasion because it was cold, so I had my jacket on. And I felt like I didn't get to show off the shirt that I bought for it, but whatever. Were there any other aspects of it that you felt like were worth mentioning or, I mean... I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, I actually really just loved the entrance. I thought mm-hmm. the um, having the Patronus there at the front, Harry's Patronus, the stag, um, and it was beautiful. I mean, it was very well done. the The LED effect on that was really pretty. And then we didn't really talk about the wand duel piece, where you actually put a wand into each end of this. Oh yeah, that was okay. Sort of. It was basically like a. Um, it was a big LED strip, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was kind of like a um, a neon. It was like a neon um, uh, strip that was kind of like uh, curved and moved, sort of like a lightning bolt, but it, it had right. different whatever. And then you put you the wand put the on wand each side. On each you like end. touched it to a sensor, and it each one had a color, and it kind of pushed it back and forth until one person to see who had won the, the battle. The, I won the battle, of course, because Slytherins are more powerful than Gryffindors. Yeah, clearly that's how but, it works out um, in the movie. Yeah, so Voldemort slipped. I guess that's gonna do it. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to it. Kind of, kind of a short and sweet episode, but uh, we felt like it was it would be fun to the very least talk about this experience because it was it was pretty neat, and we we did enjoy ourselves. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at the Parks Academy. We're on the we're on we're on the TikTok at Parks Academy, um, ParksAcademyPod.com. If you want to read more information, or you can download our RSS feeds and stuff like that there. Um, and as always, as, as always, uh, we would love it if you guys would uh, rate and review the show on iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, whatever, and uh, it would be great. Thank you again so much for listening. We appreciate you all, and we will catch you next time.